Section 17 of Fancies versus Fads by G. K. Chesterton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fancies versus Fads by G. K. Chesterton. Section 17 The Sentimentalism of Divorce divorce is a thing which the newspapers now not only advertise but advocate almost as if it were a pleasure in itself it may be indeed that all the flowers and festivities will now be transferred from the fashionable wedding to the fashionable divorce a superb iced and frosted divorce cake will be provided for the feast and in military circles will be cut with the co-respondent's sword a dazzling display of divorce presents will be laid out for the inspection of the company watched by a detective dressed as an ordinary divorce guest perhaps the old divorce breakfast will be revived anyhow toasts will be drunk the guests will assemble on the doorstep to see the husband and wife go off in opposite directions and all will go merry as a divorce court bell all this though to some it might seem a little fanciful would really be far less fantastic than the sort of things that are really said on the subject. I'm not going to discuss the depth and substance of that subject. I myself hold a mystical view of marriage, but I'm not going to debate it here. But, merely in the interests of light and logic, I would protest against the way in which it is frequently debated. The process cannot rationally be called a debate at all, it is a sort of chorus of sentimentalists in the sensational newspapers perpetually intoning some such formula as this we respect marriage we reverence marriage holy sacred ineffably exquisite and ideal marriage true marriage is love and when love alters marriage alters and when love stops or begins again marriage does the same wonderful beautiful beatific marriage now with all reasonable sympathy with everything sentimental i may remark that all that talk is tosh marriage is an institution like any other set up deliberately to have certain functions and limitations it is an institution like private property or conscription or the legal liberties of the subject to talk as if it were made or melted with certain changing moods is a mere waste of words. The object of private property is that as many citizens as possible should have a certain dignity and pleasure in being masters of material things. But suppose a dog-stealer were to say that as soon as a man was bored with his dog it ceased to be his dog and he ceased to be responsible for it suppose he were to say that by merely coveting the dog he could immediately morally possess the dog the answer would be that the only way to make men responsible for dogs was to make the relation a legal one apart from the likes and dislikes of the moment suppose a burglar were to say private property i venerate private property i revere but i am convinced that mr brown does not truly value his silver apostle spoons as such sacred objects should be valued they have therefore ceased to be his property 
in reality they have already become my property for i appreciate their precious character as nobody else can do suppose a murderer were to say what can be more amiable and admirable than human life lived with a due sense of its priceless opportunity but i regret to observe that mr robinson has lately been looking decidedly tired and melancholy life accepted in this depressing and demoralizing spirit can no longer truly be called life it is rather my own exuberant and perhaps exaggerated joy of life which i must gratify by cutting his throat with a carving-knife it is obvious that these philosophers would fail to understand what we mean by a rule quite apart from the problem of its exceptions they would fail to grasp what we mean by an institution whether it be the institution of law of property or of marriage a reasonable person will certainly reply to the burglar you will hardly soothe us by merely poetical praises of property because your case would be much more convincing if you denied as the communists do that property ought to exist at all there may be there certainly are gross abuses in private property but so long as it is an institution at all it cannot alter merely with moods and emotions a farm cannot simply float away from a farmer in proportion as his interest in it grows fainter than it was a house cannot shift away by inches from a householder by certain fine shades of feeling that he happens to have about it a dog cannot drift away like a dream and begin to belong to somebody else who happens just then to be dreaming of him and neither can the serious social relation of husband and wife of mother and father or even of man and woman be resolved in all its relations by passions and reactions of sentiment this question is quite apart from the question of whether there are exceptions to the rule of loyalty or what they are the primary point is that there is an institution to which to be loyal if the new sentimentalists mean what they say when they say they venerate that institution they must not suggest that an institution can be actually identical with an emotion and that is what their rhetoric does suggest so far as it can be said to suggest anything these writers are always explaining to us why they believe in divorce i think i can easily understand why they believe in divorce what i do not understand is why they believe in marriage just as the philosophical burglar would be more philosophical if he were a bolshevist so this sort of divorce advocate would be more philosophical if he were a free lover for his arguments never seem to touch on marriage as an institution or anything more than an individual experience the real explanation of this strange indifference to the institutional idea is i fancy something not only deeper but wider something affecting all the institutions of the modern world the truth is that these sociologists are not at all interested in promoting the sort of social life that marriage does promote the sort of society of which marriage has always been the strongest pillar is what is sometimes called the distributive society the society in which most of the citizens have a tolerable share of property especially property in hand everywhere all over the world 
the farm goes with the family and the family with the farm unless the whole domestic group hold together with a sort of loyalty or local patriotism unless the inheritance of property is logical and legitimate unless the family quarrels are kept out of the courts of officialism the tradition of family ownership cannot be handed on unimpaired on the other hand the servile state which is the opposite of the distributive state has always been rather embarrassed by the institution of marriage it is an old story that the negro slavery of uncle tom's cabin did its worst work in the breaking up of families but curiously enough the same story is told from both sides for the apologists of the slave states or at least of the southern states make the same admission even in their own defense if they denied breaking up the slave family it was because they denied that there was any slave family to break up free love is the direct enemy of freedom it is the most obvious of all the bribes that can be offered by slavery in servile societies a vast amount of sexual laxity can go on in practice and even in theory save when now and then some cranky speculator or crazy squire has a fad for some special breed of slaves like a breed of cattle and even that lunacy would not last long for lunatics are the minority among slave owners slavery has a much more sane and a much more subtle appeal to human nature than that it is much more likely that after a few such fads and freaks the new servile state would settle down into the sleepy resignation of the old servile state the old pagan repose in slavery as it was before christianity came to trouble and perplex the world with ideals of liberty and chivalry one of the conveniences of that pagan world is that below a certain level of society nobody really need bother about pedigree or paternity at all a new world began when slaves began to stand on their dignity as virgin martyrs christendom is the civilization that such martyrs made and slavery is its returning enemy but of all the bribes that the old pagan slavery can offer this luxury and laxity is the strongest nor do i deny that the influences desiring the degradation of human dignity have here chosen their instrument well End of section 17. Recording by Linda Johnson.